Welcome to the Bible Mind Podcast, where we seek to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and to see everything in life from a biblical mindset. Today we talk about a really important subject that is near and dear to my heart. It comes from Acts 17, 11, and that has to do with the Berean Jews and how Paul came into town and he taught from the Old Testament scriptures that Jesus was their Messiah. But even though it was Paul and I'm sure his speech, his um, sermon was very compelling, very persuasive, these Berean Jews still looked at their scriptures, studied the scriptures to make sure that everything that Paul was saying is true. So you might have had people in your Christian history encourage you like, oh, we we need to be good Bereans or be a good Berean. Um, And so I want to go deeper into that passage. But first, I want to start off with why. Why do we need to study the scriptures? Why do we need to know the scriptures for ourselves? Well, in Matthew 24, when Jesus began to teach his disciples the signs of his second coming, one of the major things that he mentioned was deception. In verse four, it says that Jesus answered this question about what will be the sign of your coming in the end of the age. He says, watch out that no one deceives you for many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. So yes, there have been many antichrist little a in the world and in human history, and they have claimed to be a Messiah of sorts. But Jesus is also talking about those that point to him as the Messiah, but yet they're still teaching things that will deceive many and lead many astray. And so this is the day that we're living in right now. Every single Christian needs to be an advocate for themselves. They need to learn how to study the Bible for themselves and search the scriptures, um, no matter who is teaching you or what they're teaching you. It may be a very familiar person. It could be your pastor for many years. I, I would not take anything for granted because people who have been pastors for many years, they can go sideways on, on different issues. And, you know, maybe they're great, you know, 80% of the things that they talk about, they're fine. They're grounded in the word of God, but that other 20%, they are speaking out of a certain theological perspective that doesn't hold into account every single scripture or what the scripture is actually saying, but they're speaking from the theological perspective. So in all of these areas, We need to be good Bereans. We need to dig deep into the scriptures. We need to know how to study them. We need to know how to evaluate what people are teaching us. And we need to put that into practice because what you listen to will eventually influence your mind and heart if we do not have that filter over our mind and heart, right? So we need to learn how to be critical thinkers in today's age, especially in an age of deception, deceit, false prophets, and false teachers. And that might sound really intense, but it is. What we believe about the Bible and what it says, it's going to influence not only our thinking, but eventually our actions and our decision making. So we really need to be careful about what we listen to and who we listen to. It's just an important practice to guard your heart, be able to search the scriptures for yourself to make sure that what that person is saying is true. And that's not something that we're always encouraged to do. As Christians, not that there are pastors that are well-intentioned and they may say, yeah, you know, study this for yourself. Uh, Look up these scriptures. Don't just take my word for it. And I'm glad for those pastors and teachers because I 
think they're really encouraging their people to search the scriptures for themselves and to study for themselves and not just rely upon what they have to say about a certain topic or just take their word for that particular teaching that Sunday morning or during your Bible study time or whatever, because that can be dangerous. We don't want to ever put our mind in autopilot. God says that we need to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And part of loving God with our mind is being that critical thinker. And what I mean by critical is I'm not like you're trying to find something to criticize, but you are critically evaluating what is being taught and what is being shared. And I believe from the Bible that God does not frown upon that. God upholds that. God lifts that up and praises that as a right model to follow because it says in the Bible that these Bereans were a more noble character than those in Thessalonica. And so he's praising the Bereans for that kind of attitude, that deep study of the scriptures to make sure that everything that is being taught to them is the truth. And so we too need to be that way. One major reason why I share that is because on platforms like Facebook, Twitter, there are many uh, what I would consider false teachers, whether they realize it or not, they're teaching things that are not biblical. And they would call themselves Christians and they interact with a lot of Christian people. They're very adamant about sharing different viewpoints that I don't believe the Bible would support in any way. I don't know if you're on Facebook and Twitter and some of the other social media platforms. I don't think it's wrong to like voice your opinion because that's a very important thing. But there are many of these teachers and then they'll discuss these issues that, you know, if you search the scriptures, you would find out quickly that what they're saying is not according to the word of God. And that's something that we need to not listen to those people. We need to not engage with those people because they're very um, skilled. A lot of them have been doing this for a long time and they're very intellectual. They can come across with these very intelligent sounding arguments for why they believe what they believe. And they'll bring out the early church fathers and they'll like bring out some of the Greek and Hebrew words like, well, there is no hell because hell really meant Gehenna and Gehenna was this trash heap outside of town. So that's not really hell. And they make these claims like there is no hell. But Jesus talked about hell as one of his main subjects (laughs) because he didn't want people to go there. Right. And so he knows he came from the father and he knows the reality of what it means to be separated from the father because he knows about hell better than any of us do. And so he spoke about it all the time. But you have a lot of Christians nowadays, and I would say they would call themselves progressive Christians, sharing things like this that have no basis in the word of God. And we just need to reject those things out of hand. There is no hell. It doesn't really matter what anybody believes because then they'll just die and they'll either go to heaven with everybody else or they'll just lose their consciousness and not go through any kind of suffering. And that's not what the Bible says. And so that's why we need to be desperate to share the gospel with other people, not only in this country, but other countries all over the world who they have yet to hear the gospel because they don't have a strong Christian presence. And so a lot of these lies, they not only keep us from sharing the gospel with urgency, but they may deceive us into following a path that is not really of God. And we like become complacent in our walks with God and we don't really think it matters. And that's not, these are the devil's ways of trying to manipulate 
us in today's age. And so we just really need to stand on the word and know what it says. If we don't know what it says, then we can't really evaluate what's being shared to us. Yeah, what's being taught us. It's just like when bank tellers, they're trained to learn what is a counterfeit bill. They examine the real bills for hours and hours. Every little iota of the real bill they examine so they know it uh, like the back of their hand. And so when a counterfeit bill passes them, they may not even see any with their eyes, but they could feel it or something. They know that it's false. Now we need to also be that particular about the truth because we live in a day of falsehood. Other lies that I've heard in the past have been, it doesn't matter whether the book of Genesis is true or not. What <laughs> I don't even understand what, what's being said right there because of course it matters. Jesus's genealogy goes all the way back to Adam. That's Luke's genealogy. And the whole nation of Israel started in the book of Genesis. In Matthew's genealogy, Jesus's genealogy goes all the way back to Abraham. We talk about Noah, we talk about original sin, God created the earth. That's a really big deal, right? God put together the first marriage. He created people male and female. These are foundational things. And yet people are saying stuff about Genesis like, well, we could just cut Genesis out of the book and everything will be fine. You know, we need to get rid of that or that's just a myth. Uh, just like other nations of the earth have their own mythology about how it got started. So Genesis is just a myth. These type of comments that are coming from people who are supposed believers, they're really damaging and they can be very misleading because Genesis, we need to take literally because Genesis means origin and that was the start of everything. And also the person who said that it doesn't really matter to them whether the book of Genesis are true or not is somebody who did a Bible study commentary on the book of Genesis. And he's a pretty famous person. I really won't say his name. I mean, he does a really great job in this other area that he is famous for, and I would never fault him there. But as a Bible commentator, I would say, you know, I really wouldn't want to study a Bible commentary about the book of Genesis written by somebody who doesn't actually believe that it matters whether the book of Genesis is true or not. I just wouldn't because we have to have the faith and by the Holy Spirit have our eyes open to see this is the word of God and it is living and breathing and active and God wrote it by the Holy Spirit. He did create Adam and the first woman and he did create the earth exactly the way he said he did from the very beginning. And so it just even that, even though he, I think he was well-meaning, I'm sure most people would think, oh, well, he's a great commentator. Just that one comment, I just was like, no, I don't. I wouldn't read something like that. And so we need to even like the books that we read, we need to check the source, we need to check uh, which perspective they are teaching from, like what is their view of scripture? What is their view of God and the Holy Spirit? These things I think will give us clues as to how accurately they are sharing the scriptures, because there are people who don't really even regard the Holy Spirit, even though what can we do apart from the Holy Spirit? And so the Holy Spirit of God lives within us to empower us to do the things of God, to enlighten our understanding in order to understand the scriptures. So if I don't regard the Holy Spirit and I don't make room for him in the way that I study the scriptures and understand the scriptures, then I may not be off track completely, but I'm severely limited. There's a big blind spot in my life and in the way I view scriptures that just cannot be remediated unless the Holy Spirit steps in. And so these are all things that we need to take into account 
as we look at the landscape of all the various Bible teachers, all the influencers, all the people who share their opinions on all of these various social media avenues and elsewhere. But I would say the the climate on the social media uh, platforms is, it can be hostile. It can be very fierce. And so that's something that you just need to watch out for because once you engage in those type of discussions with them, because I know I have, <laughs> so I understand from experience, it's like going into, you know, you want to wrestle with the bear. Okay, just try it and see what happens. Like you have to be ready for the bear, right? And just like David, he fought the bear and the lion, he was able to deal with it. And then he was able to go on to Goliath. So we just need to be prepared, be equipped. And that might be something that you're called to do as far as being an apologist. If God's called you to do something like that, you have the mind for it, you have the knowledge of the scriptures, you feel called, then I would say, but we'll prepare yourself because I don't think that's necessarily a wrong thing because we do have people who are apologists who even enter into public debates and they argue for the evidence and the truth of Christianity. And those are people that we need in today's culture, right? Because so many people are buying into the lies and we need people to step up for the truth. I don't discourage people from doing that in any way, but you really have to be called. You really have to know your stuff. You have to know the word inside and out and be able to share in such a way that challenges all of the various lies. But for most people, I mean, I would just say it's really important to get into the word of God deeply. I mean, this is not a time to be casual about the word of God. This is a time to know it. I mean, really become familiar with it, really study it deeply so that no matter what comes across your path, you'll be able to recognize the counterfeit immediately. And that's what we need to do and just say, no, that's a lie. That's not according to the word. I mean, you may not say it directly to that person, but you may just step away from that discussion and go, that's a lie. And then study everything that people share with you and teach you, whether it be your teachers, your pastor. It's just a good practice to get into is you're always checking the word of God. You check the verses that they brought up and you check what did they say about these verses? Like what was their interpretation of this passage? And does it jive with the other passages in the Bible that speak about the same subject? So if he's making a comment about the Holy Spirit, like I'm going to go to the other passages about the Holy Spirit and I'm going to see if they're also in harmony with what he has shared or she has shared. This type of activity is something that if Christians had it as like the default, this is just the way that I do things. I think there'd just be less deception in the world and Christians would walk in a stronger way too because they wouldn't be watered down by compromise and deception. People manipulating the scriptures, that sort of thing. Whether they have good intentions or not, it doesn't really matter. Can't just give somebody a pass just because they have good intentions. And even if they come across that way, it's just really nice and friendly and they just are so loving and they just really want to encourage you and help you, but they're taking the scripture out of context or they're in- interpreting it in the wrong way. We don't just give people a pass. We still want to check the scriptures because think about Paul. The apostle Paul had revelation from God, plus he knew the Old Testament like few other people. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees in his former life and he had studied the scriptures so intensely and he was sincere. I mean, he probably would weep over those people and as he was talking to them because he so much wanted them to know Jesus as their Messiah. But no matter how much passion, sincerity, knowledge he seemed to have, they still searched the scriptures daily to see if everything that he was saying was true. They still did that. To whatever degree you end up doing that, you know, that's between you and God. But, you know, I would just encourage you to get into the practice. That's all I'm saying. 
So I hope that you took this charge to heart, the charge to study the word of God in season and out of season, and the charge to check everything by the word of God, because we want to be rooted and grounded in that word and have that biblical mindset, especially in an age of deception. So next week, we're going to go deeper into Acts 19 and how Paul reached out to the Jewish people. Until then, take care. Thank you.